Welcome to Dinger Derby, the only podcast completely devoted to Texas Tech baseball. Join your host, Keith Patrick, every week for team news, guests, ranking updates, and game reports. From opening weekend all the way through Omaha, we'll be hitting taters with the Red Raiders all season long. This is Dinger Derby. Welcome into the Dinger Derby podcast, the only podcast devoted 100% to Texas Tech Red Raider baseball. I'm your host, Keith Patrick, and it has been quite the run for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. These guys have been doing work since we were worried about where they were going. All of a sudden, they have cranked things up. The Red Raiders are 11-3 and since Josh Young moved to shortstop, something you can kind of use as a as a time stamp on this team. They're 4-0 since Kurt Wilson has begun starting in left field. All of a sudden, this team is being called the hottest in the nation. D1 Baseball and their newest podcast talked about them playing national championship caliber baseball right now, and I find it difficult to disagree. The Red Raiders are certainly taking care of business. So let's dive right in. We'll talk about how this series with the Oklahoma Sooners went, how things went with the Florida International Panthers, and what we can expect coming up down the road in the final series of the season. I went home sick from work yesterday on Monday, so thank you for hanging in there with me and checking me out a day late here, but still wanted to bring you some baseball news, even though we head into a week off now for the finals break for the Red Raiders. So Texas Tech went to Norman. They were riding a hot streak. They had won a series at home over Baylor. They had swept the Oklahoma State Cowboys, split a midweek series with UTRGV, although things got pretty rowdy in the second game. Red Raiders go down 9 to nothing and then reel off 19 unanswered runs to win 19-11. to But they go into Norman, and they have some real work to do. They were still trailing Baylor by a game and a half, needed to go in and get the sweep to push their RPI even further up and start making a case, not only for hosting, but start thinking about a top eight national seed opportunity as well. So Friday night against the Sooners, the Red Raiders go down early. They're down 2 nothing in the first, tack on a run in the second inning, and then go scoreless in the third. Both teams put up two runs in the fourth, and things are looking like they're going to stay pretty tight throughout the game. It was Kurt Wilson in that second inning that helped tack on a run. He singled through the right side, scoring Josh Young, who had had a leadoff double in the inning to right center field. It was a really exceptional offensive weekend for the Red Raiders overall. We'll go through some of those numbers in a minute. So in the fourth inning, Josh Young singles through the left side to lead things off, and then Cameron Warren doubles to left field, advancing Josh Young to third. Cody Masters comes in and singles to third base, and all of a sudden you've got bases loaded. Kurt Wilson flies out, and then Parker Kelly hits a sack bunt, but he gets the RBI, bringing Josh Young home. And then Braxton Fulford reaches on a fielding error by third base, and Cameron Warren scores unearned. So the Red Raiders tack on two there but end up giving up two in the bottom of the fourth. They end up going to the fifth down three to four, and then they give up two more in the fifth, and things are not looking good at that point, down three-sixth, heading into the later innings of the game. But the Red Raiders are able to score one in the sixth when Cameron Warren leads off with a home run to left field. Cam always seems to play pretty well in his home state of Oklahoma, and this weekend was no exception for him. So back-to-back home runs 
for Cameron Warren because he walks into the seventh inning and does the same thing again. Brian Klein walks with two outs. You see a pitching change. Then Josh Young doubles to right center, advancing Brian Klein to third. And then Cameron Warren with the three RBI home run to left field. And all of a sudden, the Red Raiders start to pull ahead in the game. It was some fantastic pitching in this game. Taylor Floyd came in for the final three innings pitched. He pitched a perfect three innings. No free passes, no hits, no runs, no walks, and ends up getting six strikeouts in those three frames, enabling the Red Raiders to continue to push their lead even larger. In the ninth, they've given up no further runs, and then you have... Josh Young with a leadoff walk. Cameron Warren singles up the middle, so you have runners on the corners. Then Cody Masters once again with the sack bunt brings Josh Young home. After a pitching change, Cameron Warren advances on a wild pitch. Kurt Wilson walks, and then Tanner Trimba comes in, and he singles up the middle, scoring Cameron Warren. Braxton Fulford follows that with a single through the left side, scoring Kurt Wilson. And all of a sudden, the Red Raiders have tacked on three more in the ninth, and they end up winning this game 10-6. to They out-hit the Sooners 13-8. Both teams had a single error, and both left 11 men aboard. So the Red Raiders off to a great start. Hunter Dobbins gets the win, but Taylor Floyd earns his second save of the season in a fantastic effort in the final three innings of the game. So the Red Raiders walk into Saturday definitely needing to make a statement with an opportunity to win a series here. Things are scoreless all the way through the fourth inning. The Red Raiders unable to get anything going in the top of the fifth, and then OU plates two runs in the bottom of the fifth. But Texas Tech comes back in the top of the sixth inning with Dylan Noisy singling up up the middle with one out. Brian Klein follows him with a walk. And then Josh Young grounds out but advances both runners. So you have runners on second and third. They put Cameron Warren on with an intentional walk, and who can blame him after he went yard in back-to-back innings the night before. And then Cole Stilwell draws an RBI walk, plating a run for the Red Raiders just when they need it the most. So you end up going into the seventh down 2-1, to one, but Texas Tech is not done. Everything comes alive for them. Tanner Trimble walks as he pinch hits for Parker Kelly. There's a pitch and change, and then Gabe Holt with one out, singles through the left side, moving Trimble around a second. Brian Klein comes in with two outs, and he doubles to right field. So that's a two-RBI double for Brian Klein, scoring both Holt and Otrimba. And then Josh Young comes in and hits a two-run shot down the right field line, a home run for Josh Young, followed by a double by Cameron Warren. So you end up walking out of that inning with a 5-2 lead, and things are looking pretty good. The Red Raiders end up plating another run in the eighth and one more in the ninth. That run in the eighth, Braxton Fulford singles to the left side with two outs, and Gabe Holt doubles to right center field and gets the RBI. And then in the ninth, Cameron Warren has a two-out single up the middle. Cole Stilwell draws the walk to follow, and then Kurt Wilson once again reaching on an error by third base, and Cameron Warren scores unearned. So the Red Raiders end up winning that one 7-3. They're actually out hit by OU, 12 hits to 10. OU with the only error in the game, Red Raiders leave 10 aboard, and the Sooners leave 14. It was a heck of a performance by Texas Tech. It's gritty. Connor Queen had a pretty good 
win there for the Red Raiders. He had two and two-thirds innings pitched to follow Caleb Killian's five innings. Queen only gave up two hits, no runs. He had two walks and two Ks. Killian only gave up two runs on six hits in his outing, only two Ks for him. So not the best outing he's had, but certainly nothing terrible either. So the Red Raiders go into Sunday, and they have an opportunity to get their first sweep in Norman since 1999, and they come out of the gates hot and leave no doubt through the game. Texas Tech plates one in the first inning. Gabe Holt with a leadoff double to left center field, and then Josh Young comes back with two outs, and Gabe Holt on third base, and he doubles to right field to score Holt. So a nice job there. Of course, Josh Young was just absolutely on fire this weekend with a bat. So was Gabe Holt and Cameron Warren. It was a really nice offensive weekend. In the third inning, Brian Klein has a leadoff double down the left field line. And then with two outs, Cody Master singles to the left side, scoring Klein. So give another run there for the Red Raiders. They go into the fourth up two to nothing. In the top of the fourth, Gabe Holt leads things off once again with a hit, this time a bunt single that he legs out. We've seen Gabe Holt leg out several bunts, and this one was just an absolute beauty. This was a perfect bunt by Gabe Holt just down the third base line, really not far from the plate. He just legged it out with pure speed. He advances to second on a wild pitch, and then he's followed by Dylan Noisy, who walks. After a pitching change, Brian Klein doubles down the left field line, scoring both Holt and Noisy. And then Josh Young doubles down the right field line, scoring Klein. Really nice outing there. Red Raiders plate three runs in the fourth. Both teams go scoreless in the fifth and sixth. And then both plate one in the seventh. Parker Kelly in the seventh led off with a single to left center field. And then Gabe Holt with an out singles to second base, advancing Parker Kelly to third. Gabe Holt then steals second, and then Dylan Noisy scores Kelly with a sacrifice fly out to center field. Red Raiders, as I said, give one up in the bottom of the seventh, so they go into the eighth up six to one. They played two more runs in the top of the eighth. Josh Young with a leadoff single up the middle. Then Cameron Warren singles to left center field, advancing Josh Young to thirds. You have runners on the corners, and Cody Masters comes in and doubles down the left field line. A really nice double by Masters, scoring Josh Young and advancing Cameron Warren to third. And then Kurt Wilson grounds out with an infield single, but also scores Cameron Warren on the play as well. So the Red Raiders played two in the eighth, give up two in the bottom of the eighth. They actually end up giving up a run in the bottom of the ninth, but still take the victory 8-4. to four. They out-hit the Sooners 15-6. to six. No errors on the day by either team. The Red Raiders left 13 aboard and only 7 for the Sooners. It was a really nice weekend all the way around for Texas Tech. If there was one thing that the Red Raiders did not do a good job of, it was hitting with the bases loaded. The Red Raiders on Friday were 0 for 3 with the bases loaded. On Saturday, they were 0 for 2 with the bases loaded. And on Sunday, they were 0 for 2 with the bases loaded. So overall, 0 for 7 on the weekend with the bases loaded. But the Red Raiders did hit fairly well with runners in scoring position. Overall, they hit fairly well in general. It wasn't the best offensive weekend, but they definitely had some hot bats out there, and they took advantage of opportunities to advance runners, hitting over 550 as high as 583 with advancement opportunities. But at the end of the day, you certainly want to see better situational hitting from the Red Raiders, although obviously it all worked out for them. OU's still kind of on the bubble. They're 
thought to be pretty solid to get into the NCAA tournament. It wasn't a bad win by any means. You'll always take a conference sweep on the road, especially one that you haven't secured since 1999. The Red Raiders improved to 15-4 and when scoring in the first inning. They're also 16-6 and on the season when they score first. Over their last 10 games, Tech is 9-1, and and they're outscoring teams 93-45. to Really have done a nice job over the last few weeks. They improved to 28-0 when leading after the seventh inning. This is the 27th time this season they've recorded double-digit hits, and Sunday was their seventh game with more than 15 hits on the season. Now, as far as awards go, Cameron Warren was named the Big 12 Player of the Week. Josh Young was Big 12 Player of the Week last week. Hard to argue with that for Cameron Warren. I think that, for me, Josh Young is going to get the hitter of the series. He was 8-for-12 on the weekend. He had six runs scored, four RBI, five doubles, two walks, and a home run. But that kind of success, especially the run scored and the ribbies, only possible because of guys like Gabe Holt hitting at the top of that order. Gabe Holt was 7-for-15 on the weekend, three runs, two RBI, two doubles, a walk, and a hit-by-pitch. So if there's an honorable mention as far as the hitter of the series, it's definitely got to go to Gabe Holt, who's doing a really nice job at the top of that lineup for the Red Raiders. But Josh Young, hitter of the series. Cameron Warren, hard to argue with, the player of the series. He was 8-for-11 on the weekend, six runs, four runs batted in, two doubles, three walks, and two home runs. Just a really, really nice weekend. Cameron Warren always seems to enjoy going back to his home state of Oklahoma. And then the pitcher of the series, I went back and forth with a couple pitchers. Bryce Bonin had a nice start for the Red Raiders. But when it came down to it, it was Taylor Floyd and those three perfect innings allowing Texas Tech to come back and secure that victory on Friday night that I had to give him pitcher of the series. So as I said, three perfect innings pitched, no hits, no runs, no walks, six strikeouts in that time. Floyd was just electric. He looked really, really good out there for Texas Tech. So the Red Raiders come home, and they've got a doubleheader lined up on Tuesday with Florida International. Not a great team out of Conference USA. Definitely a pretty low RPI. Not something that's really going to help Tech, but uh, it's a game nonetheless. you got to have those midweek games. So ultimately, the second game ends up being canceled due to impending weather. And the first game was moved up to 11 a.m. So Red Raiders playing some morning baseball. At the end of the day, they do take the win 9-6. to six. Texas Tech was actually down 2-0 until they put in a four-run fourth inning. In that fourth, Gabe Holt had a leadoff walk. Dylan Noisy followed with a single to third base, just another bunt single that Noisy ran out. Klein singled through the left side, so you end up with bases loaded, and Josh Young draws the RBI walk to get the first run of the game for the Red Raiders. Cameron Warren doubles to left center. That's a basis-clearing double, so he gets three RBI there. The Red Raiders come back with another four-run inning in the fifth. In that inning, Easton Morrell pinch hit for Mason Menzi, who had been catching. He singles to center field to lead off the inning. He advances to second on a wild pitch with one out. And then Brian Klein draws the two-out walk. Josh Young's hit by a pitch loading the bases up, and then Cameron Warren singles to center field, so he gets two RBI off of that, scoring Morrell and Brian Klein. Cody Masters walks, and then Kurt Wilson singles to right center, and there's two RBI for him as well. So the Red Raiders walk into the fourth inning with a 2 nothing deficit, and they walk out of the fifth inning leading 
eight to three. They play one more in the sixth. They give up three runs in the seventh, but ultimately they take the win nine to six. They out hit the Panthers 10 to four. Red Raiders had two errors on the day, both of those belonging to Mason Menzi, who actually had a pretty rough day behind the plate. And the Red Raiders left four aboard to FIU's five. Now, one of the most notable things of the day was FIU's uniforms. They were wearing all blue with white pinstripes, and their batting helmets were reflective gold. I'm talking Baylor reflective gold football helmet style. It was quite the look. If you think Vanderbilt's black pinstripes are ugly, you have not seen FIU's Adidas blue pinstripes. Man, they were they were something to behold. But glad that the second game was canceled. No point to get out there into weather. Also think that it's probably not a bad thing for this team to get a little bit of rest as they go into finals week. And then you prepare for the TCU Horn Frogs coming in next weekend. That'll be the final Big 12 series of the of the season for the Red Raiders. So I'm not going to get in really deep and preview TCU, but I do want to talk about the national landscape a little bit so you have an idea where the Red Raiders sit. So with their winning ways over the last three Big 12 series, they've moved themselves back up and generally into the top 10 in most polls and composites and things of that nature. Their RPI is strong right now at number nine. There's some things happening in college baseball that are helping the Red Raiders. Oklahoma State, after being swept at home in Lubbock, went to Corvallis, Oregon, and swept the Oregon State Beavers in three games. So Oregon State, at one point, one of the top five teams in the country, has slipped recently in their midweeks especially, and then getting swept by Oklahoma State. Their RPIs dropped down to 23, but they're still thought of as probably a host team. Uh, in the NCAA tournament. So that's a big win there. That helps boost the RPI, helps boost the strength of schedule for Texas Tech. You also have Michigan as one of the hottest teams in the country right now as well. They have been on a hot streak. They've had three Big Ten sweeps in a row. They swept Northwestern, Rutgers, and Maryland. Now, none of those teams are particularly great teams, but getting three sweeps, including some on the road, is a big deal even in the Big Ten. We'll close out their season at Nebraska. So an opportunity there, if they can continue to make noise, to take down a team on the road, especially a team that did beat the Red Raiders in a single game in Frisco. So another opportunity to inject some life into that strength of schedule, which is strong, but you can always take any bump you can get when it comes to the RPI. And the final one of those, Oregon, who the Red Raiders took two of three from to open the season, Oregon still has yet to play Oregon State, who they'll play this weekend in their rivalry series, and they have yet to play number one UCLA. So any wins there for Oregon are positives for the strength of schedule for Texas Tech in bumping RPIs up. So now... The Red Raiders are squarely in the hosting conversation. They also have themselves an opportunity to win the Big 12. And we didn't think that they would be in this position just a few weeks ago. But Baylor lost a game to Kansas State this weekend. So now the Red Raiders only trail the Bears by half a game in the Big 12. So you have TCU coming into Lubbock for the final series of the Big 12 season. So if Texas Tech can sweep TCU, all you need from the Baylor Bears is a single loss on the road to Oklahoma State. So the Baylor Bears have a pretty tough draw because they're going into Stillwater to play Oklahoma State, a team that just went way on the road to Oregon and took down the Beavers. So 
one loss by the Bears and a sweep by the Red Raiders, and they've won the Big 12 Conference, or any other combination thereof, if Baylor loses more, then the Red Raiders have a little bit more breathing room. But definitely an opportunity there. Texas Tech could still be a top eight national seed and be second in the Big 12. They have a great resume right now against RPI Top 25 and RPI Top 50. They have been very strong here late at the end of the season. Their offense is absolutely on fire. Two of the hottest hitters in the country are on this team between Josh Young and Cameron Warren. You've also seen Gabe Holt really come on at the plate. He's been really fantastic as your leadoff hitter over the last few weeks. So I think what you have there is national respect and people that are interested in what Texas Tech is doing. And when it comes to the selection committee, they said last year that conference records are important to them. So you're in a position now to take care of business down the stretch, potentially win the conference, and you may not have to worry about what goes on at the conference tournament and still get that top eight national seed. Another important piece there, Oregon State had been projected as the number six or number seven national seed. By getting swept by Oklahoma State, they're probably out of that conversation, and Texas Tech is most likely moving up into that role. So definitely a positive for the Red Raiders to see some slippage above and then to deal with what's in front of them as well. I had one question this week that came in on Twitter. I like how it was worded from Briggsy asking, you know, what uh, what team do we need to get our voodoo folks after that we keep on retainer? Well, really, you don't need to. Oregon State, if they want to keep losing, that's great. But them slipping down has really put Texas Tech in a position to get that six, seven, eight seed in uh, in that national seed conversation. So they certainly have the resume. They've played the tough schedule. They've gotten some pretty good wins. Definitely an opportunity to do more. They've got to take care of business down the stretch to get things done. I feel like it's been a little while since we have looked over statistics and talked about where this team stands. So let's jump into those just a little bit so you can have an idea of what these Red Raiders are looking like on the stats page and see how they've improved. So there was a time we were talking about Josh Young being like a pedestrian 310 hitter this season. Well, he has definitely gotten healthy. He's seeing the ball really well. He is leading the team now with a 355 batting average. He's second on the team with 48 runs scored. Dylan Noisy leads that one with 53. And there's some close second and third. Cameron Warren has 47 runs scored. Brian Klein, 46. Gabe Holt, 44. Gabe Holt is actually your hits leader on the team with 65 hits on the season. Brian Klein has 63. Josh Young and Cameron Warren both with 61. Josh Young is leading you in doubles. He has 19 doubles on the season. Dylan Noisy still with six triples. He's still top 10 in the country in that category. Cameron Warren up to 13 home runs now. Josh Young with nine. Dylan Noisy with eight. Really like what we're seeing from the power standpoint. Red Raiders with 49 home runs now. Cameron Warren had 10 home runs last year, so he is looking really good in that category. He has 65 RBI now. He leads the Big 12. He actually led the Big 12 before the FIU game, and he got five more RBI in that game alone, and that was without a home run. So Cameron Warren doing a really nice job at the plate. 65 RBI leads the team by far. Josh Young is second in that category. He's got 49 RBI on the season. Cameron Warren also leading the team and the Big 12 in slugging percentage at 665. Josh Young is slugging a 634. 
He's also leading the team in walks with 45 walks. Cole Stilwell, Braxton Fulford, and Cameron Ward tied three ways for the team lead in hit by pitch. Gotten 36 of those this season. And then really an impressive number, Cameron Warren also at the bottom of the strikeout list. Only 19 strikeouts for Cameron Warren. He's got 30 walks this season, so really doing a good job up there not striking out. Gabe Holt really close in that one as well with 22. Cole Stilwell with 21. Seen a little bit less action, of course. So I mentioned batting average for Josh Young at 355. We'll just run down the list. Cameron Warren, 347. Brian Klein, 342. Dylan Noisy, 326. Gabe Holt, 322. Drew Baker, 316. Of course, not seeing him every day anymore. Cody Masters, another you don't see every day in 300. Cole Stilwell, 292. He's been bringing his up as he's seen more action. Kurt Wilson also bringing his up. He's 286. And Braxton Fulford, 279, which is really a nice improvement for Fulford this season. He has done some nice things out there, hit quite a few doubles for the Red Raiders. He's got six on the season, has three home runs. He's really become much more reliable at the plate, as reliable as he is behind the plate. So overall, this team is really in good shape right now, folks. They do control their own destiny to some extent. They have a good opportunity here to take care of business in front of them. Baylor has a very real possibility of stumbling in Stillwater if they do, and Texas Tech takes care of business. You've got a Big 12 championship on your hands. They're doing some things that we haven't seen from the baseball team since 2016. For instance, this is the first time that the Red Raiders have won eight consecutive conference games since 2016 when they had 11 straight, something that they could match and even up with that TCU sweep that we would love to see in Lubbock, Texas. So the Red Raiders are 34-14 and 14 on the season. They're 14-7 and seven in conference play, and you will not see them again until May 16th. That's a Thursday, 17th, and 18th. On May 16th, Thursday, they will be playing TCU at 6.30 p.m. That'll be on Fox Sports Southwest, and it is Coach Tadlock's Jersey giveaway night. May 17th, Friday, another 6.30 game on Fox Sports Southwest Plus, and Saturday at 6.30 on ESPNU. So don't miss those out at Danlaw Field at Rip Griffin Park. It's going to be great times there with the Red Raiders, that final series. Always a good time playing TCU, a team everybody loves to beat. Should be Really good baseball, but you got a little bit of a break here. Take a little breather, spend some time with the family over the next week during finals break, and then we'll be back strong for Red Raider baseball. No midweek that week. We'll not see the Red Raiders again until the Thursday, Friday, Saturday TCU series. So with all that, I think that's everything I've got for you. Good sweep in Norman over the Sooners. Good win over FIU here in Lubbock in the midweek, as it even though it bounced around a little bit. And then the Red Raiders taking a break as they prepare to face off with the Horned Frogs in the final series of the season. You'll walk into the Big 12 Conference Tournament. Before you know, 20 days from now, here when I'm recording, it'll be Selection Monday. And we'll be looking at the NCAA Tournament and seeing what's going to happen. So so I'll see you at Dan Lawfield at Rip Griffin Park for the TCU Horned Frogs. If I don't see you before then, have a good one. Be safe out there and wreck them. Thanks for tuning in to Dinger Derby and sharing our love for Texas Tech Red Raider baseball. You can connect with Keith on Twitter at Dinger underscore Derby and find more Texas Tech sports content at stakingtheplains.com. Help us out by rating us and leaving a review on iTunes. And remember to tell your friends about the show. 
Keith will be back next week with another episode of Dinger Derby. And until then, Reckham Tech. Keep your hand on your gun. Don't you trust anyone. There's just one kind of man that you can trust. That's a dead man or a gringo like me. Be the first one to fire. Every man is a liar. There's just one kind of man who tells the truth. That's a dead man or a gringo like me.